What's up, folks? This is Tony Brunner and Dotson, and we are coming at you this week with another episode of Christianity Now. Today, we're talking about love bombing and flattery. This is a topic that, quite frankly, it's overlooked, and I know it gets overlooked because of the feedback that I get every time I cover this, and this this time, Aaron and I are covering it together, but I always get good feedback, and they say, hey, listen, I've never heard a lesson about this. You know, we hear flattery talked about and stuff like that. But rarely people say people say that rarely they get a, a lesson about the uh, dangers of flattery, and I'm including love bombing because because of the onset of YouTube and and social media influencers, uh, people are much more uh, educated, I guess, when it comes to mental health jargon and esoteric language. Flattery is what it's always been called, but yeah. uh, flattery in a specific setting for a specific purpose, that's love bombing. And love bombing carries with it a nefarious intent. Yeah. But but it's all flattery. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We're anyway. not talking about genuine expressions of love and kindness. <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about genuine affections of love and kindness. And, yeah. and I guess I, here's something that, I, I say this every time I talk about it. Whenever I went to the Memphis School of Preaching, I had no idea what the Memphis School of Preaching was. I had never been around um, these men who were uh, preaching, and they were very good orators and this, that, and the other. And I came across as a flatterer, and I did not realize it. Um, it, it, again, it's, it's just, I didn't know, but I, I remember whenever it dawned on me what I was doing and I felt really, really bad Yeah, because you know, like the, these men, they, they do what they do. They don't want to draw much attention to it. They just want it to be another day at the office. Yeah. And I remember whenever I was training horses and my job, I and mean, like people call me the horse whisperer, my job was to ride the wild horses was to deal with horses that were at the end of their proverbial rope. Um, in other words, when they got to me, sometimes that was the last stop until they were on the way to the glue factory. Um, like I, I've, I've, I've trained horses and, and broke horses that have harmed people in a permanent way before, like bad, bad, bad horses. And it always made me uncomfortable and quite frankly, a little, I don't know what the word is, jaded, or we'll just say a little salty. That's yeah. something that the kids use today. Uh, it made me a little salty and a little feeling some kind of way whenever folks would draw so much attention to it. Like, oh, Tony, you're just like, if you're telling me this, I don't know, are you trying to convince me that you think that? Or it just always, it, it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. And, and, and people tell one thing that I really hated, oh, you just have a natural God-given talent. And it made me want to slap them because I was yeah. like, do you understand the, the, the bruises and the aches and the pains that I had to endure to learn how to do this? That's why, like, education on this subject is important because I think there's good people that do it ignorantly, but it whether they're doing it ignorantly or not, it still harms people. It still hurts. Yes. It's not, it's not good. I'm so glad that you said that because um, <clears throat> I wanted, I, 
in order to discern whether or not someone is love bombing, you have to get into the realm of intentions. Yeah. However, when we just talk about flattery, flattery is just flattery. It doesn't matter the intentions. Yeah. So love bombing is, is nefarious. Flattery doesn't always have to be nefarious, as, as Aaron pointed out. And I'll give you an example. Um, another about Memphis School of Preaching. The, the model for Memphis School of Preaching is four years of Bible in two years. You cannot work like you can't as a man, you cannot go and you can't say, well, I'll support my family while I'm there by working another job. You first off, that's against the rules. And two, the reason it's against the rules is because you won't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So before you go to the middle school of preaching, you send out letters, you ask for support from congregations, you go visit congregations and typically the congregation has you preach for them. And then there's always, it's usually some little old lady that's 172 years old, and she tells you that you don't need to go to preaching school because she hasn't heard preaching like that since she sat at the feet of Guy in Woods. Yeah. Yep. Well, some of my contemporaries, Aaron, believed them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's flattery. Yeah. That, that's work. First off, that woman is not a homiletician. She wouldn't know a good sermon if it slapped her in the face. Yeah. And she's actually, regardless of her intentions, she's doing you a disservice by what would we say if we were being a little crude? Uh, if we, if, if she's doing you a disservice by blowing smoke up your bum. <laughs> yeah. I know you a know? good, a real life illustration of this for me was that I was with a, a good friend a gospel preacher, and uh, he's a good orator, in my opinion. And he and I were together one time on, on one occasion where uh, before he spoke, the person that was at the mic, you know, introducing, made comments along the line that this individual, that this this friend of mine, had such a good, natural, raw talent and so forth. And, of course, when they said it from the pulpit, I didn't care for it. But what was I going to do? I wasn't going to disrupt everything. You know, you just keep on yeah. going. He got up and preached. It was over. We went back together to the place where we were staying. And he said, I got something I want to talk about. It's really bothering me. And I was like, what? Because I just let it go, you know. Yeah. And he said, it really bothers me how that person said those things about me. And, and I started getting what he was saying. And he was like, people don't know how much hard work. I've put into what I'm doing. Yeah. And it hurts me for people to say, he just has such a, it just comes so easy to him. That, that I think that was one of the comments that was made. Comes so easy yeah. to him and natural. I guess they meant it good. They meant it like he's such a good speaker, but still, well, what does that do to somebody? It's not I, healthy. That I, I don't think people, quite frankly, they're just not self-aware. Um, and there's there's a comment. First off, good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody. Robert Lady, Scott Beck, Brandon Wild, good to see you. Danny Mentor, good to see you. Terry Crooks. Um, that's a good segue, Aaron, into and incidentally, I don't know that you need to try to change anything, but you do sound muffled. Yeah, okay. All right. Well. I, I I do not know what's going on. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with it because yeah. it, I think it sounds good enough. Okay. Uh, let us let us know in the chat, folks, if if it sounds good enough, or do we need to address it? But 
Okay. If I'm saying it sounds good enough, and I'm usually the one that's very, very neurotic. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to, in other words, I don't want to mess with it and take a chance on making it worse. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he, here, here's a good example of why this topic needs to be taught. Um, so it's bad to tell my Sunday school teacher thanks uh, and tell her she has done a good job for me. Well, that that's the thing. I don't know. It, it's not bad. But you made a jump. We're talking about flattery and love bombing, and you made a jump from that to an actual expression of appreciation. Romans chapter 13, in speaking of how we deal with government officials um, and taxes, quite frankly, there's a general principle that can be pulled from that. We give honor to whom honor is due. Mm -hmm. So if, well, like, for instance, there's a guy that, um, here in the Riverview Church of Christ, Ayukunli, he's from the continent of Africa, specifically the country of Nigeria. He preaches once a month. It, it, it's, it's, there's just several levels on why he needs to do that. One, he's good at it. Two, it gives me a break. Three, it gives the people a break from me. Mm -hmm. Good for the congregation. Yes, and it's good for him. Yep. I will dote on him whenever he does something exceptional. And I, I and he he has he has preached some really good sermons and he said some really exceptional things. And I always recognize it and I always call it out publicly. But I don't pour it on. There's a whenever I was very young. When I say very young, he's 18, 19 years old. I think it was 18. Um, I was in sales. And an older man pulled me off to the side and said, uh, Tony, do you, do you mind if I give you some advice? You didn't ask for it, but I want to give you this advice. I said, sure. He said, uh, okay, do you like hot dogs? Man, I love hot dogs, like a grilled hot dog. As far as I'm concerned, it is very difficult to beat a good grilled hot dog with any food out there. And he said, well, think about you got this good grilled hot dog. It's got the right amount of char. You've got the bun just right, and you've got mustard on it. And it's what can you think would be better? Like, I'm not sure. He said, have you ever just had a hot dog like that, but had way too much mustard. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, son, whenever you're, whenever you're in sales and you're talking to people and you're helping them with what they're getting in sales or in life, just remember it's possible to spread the mustard a little too thick. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about spreading the mustard too thick. Right. Like you just look up flattering it and it says excessive and insincere praise. Yeah. Given especially to further one's interest. I mean that's Yes. And and that interest could be I see this person and I want to develop a relationship with them. Right. It, it might not be yeah, nefarious. Motive, yeah, the motive may not be sinful, may not be nefarious. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I would think even, preachers even would then, rather. Yeah, but even then, it may not. It may not be healthy. 
like, I want to develop a friendship with Tony. So yeah. I'm going to keep telling him, like, let's say I honestly thought you were the best oracle of the gospel I'd ever heard. Do I need to keep telling you that? Like, what? No, because then it gets awkward. Exactly. Like, what in the world? It's, it's not healthy either for you to hear yeah. that. Yeah, I, I like what this Scott's got. Uh, I like what... Uh, yeah, I'm the best orator that's ever been. Aaron just said it. All right. But I can't uh, get my English right. Yeah. Well, I only I only really perform in the Holy Ghost that got me. All right. Oh, you had to. You had to go there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. I had to. All right. I would think mm-hmm. preachers would rather hear that they learn something from the sermon. Yes. Amen. If you look, let me tell you something. If Amen. you want to. If you really want to say sick them to a dog, come up to me after the gospel sermon and say, you know what? You've wrinkled my brain. I've never yeah. considered that. Yeah. And here's the catch, Aaron. I don't care if you agree with me or not. Yeah. You can say, you know, I don't agree with your position. Yep. But I've never heard it articulated like that, and I have some stuff to chew on. Yep. I recently had a conversation, very recently had a conversation with someone that I knew we disagreed on this particular issue. And they came back and mentioned something that I said that they were thinking about differently or said, you know, I could see where you believe that because of that verse and that comment you made about that verse, you know, that kind of thing. It was like they were listening to what I was saying, even though we were disagreeing, you know. That's that that matters. That's that's what it's all about. Like listen, learn, you know, respect boundaries, etc. Don't indict somebody Absolutely. because of what they believe, you know. Oh yeah. John Exum. It reminds me of that child that said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son, and in the hole you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Uh yeah, I love you, but <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that. The, the word but after a compliment, the word oh. but, that, that that's, you know, Aaron, you have a really good presence and a, and a really good aura, but now everything that I say after the word but negates what I said before the word but. Yep. But just tears it all down. Yeah. I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> I love you. Good you're mo- annoying. Good. Good morning, Brian Allen. I hope uh, uh, that, that's, that's a that's a very sad phrase that I said that you came in on. I love you, but I hate you. I right. put that in its context. That that was not yeah. being said. Right. Uh, that was just being said for an example. Danny Mentor says you've wrinkled my brain on at least one occasion so far, and I appreciate your stand. Your stand with me. Sorry, I had to. I call it locking my glasses into four wheel drive. I gotta. Cock it up. I'm not looking down my nose at you. I'm looking through the thick part of my glasses. Um, good morning, everybody. Jason Goldtrap, good morning to you. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that that's why this this really needs taught about is because we don't we don't look at it enough. Uh before we get into, and I know we've been going 15 minutes, but it's the nature of the show. I put some links in the show notes. I want to turn everybody's attention to the one from Rumble. Y'all. I've been sleeping on Rumble, and I hadn't, I didn't know it. Um, I'm going to start uploading videos on Rumble. Um, first off, Rumble, you're already monetized. You don't have to jump through any hoops. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that we're going to start earning money through Rumble, 
because it's still a, a, a CPM cost per million. Anyway, it's no, it's not cost per million. Anyway, it, it's it's it, it's not. You don't start out making money. Okay, you got to grow your channel and everything like that. But I would love for everybody to go to Rumble to Christianity Now Streams and subscribe or follow or whatever that is. I know we ask you to do stuff like this all the time. I understand if you can't, that's fine. But I just wanted to let you know, because some people are averse to YouTube. They do not like YouTube. Yeah. If you do not like YouTube, follow us on Rumble, right. and we'll put videos on Rumble. That's all is, I'm saying. Is it cost per mile? No, 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 not, 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 for, oh, not yeah. for views. It's. No. Hmm. I don't know why I'm even, look here. Yeah, I tried to watch look it this. Up, but. What does CPM mean? And I didn't Google the right words. You got to search it just right. No, it is. It's 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 CPM is a cost per one thousand impressions. So, um. CPM is a metric that represents how much money advertisers are spending to show ads on YouTube. So I even said the wrong one. <laughs> so uh, so I, I we don't deal with CPM. Like if I if I were purchasing ads, I would purchase cost CPM. per yeah. cost per. Uh, I would I would concern myself with that. But anyway, just check out you check out Rumble, and yeah. then. Uh, the article, I wrote this article September 9th of 2023, the four horsemen of disunity unpacking uh, false binaries, pearl clutching, straw manning, and virtue signaling. Those four horsemen are the are the harbingers of the apocalypse when it comes to unity because what happened is people will clutch their pearls like, oh, I can't believe he said that. And they'll, they'll, they'll deal with their outrage instead of the actual proposition at hand. Mm -hmm. And then false binaries uh, is whenever you prevent some, present something in absolute terms and you overlook the diverse nuances that exist in between. And then straw manning is whenever you represent someone's argument inaccurately and tear that down instead of actually tearing down their argument. And then virtue signaling is the expression of moral values principally to showcase one's own righteousness. Like, well, I would never say something like that. Yeah. I cannot believe that you would be that rude. Well, the preacher before you was here for 40 years and he never and, did that. And he stuff like that. The preacher that was here before you, everybody loved him. <laughs> and nobody ever had a bad thing to say about him. <laughs> Boy, I, I like that one. Anyway, and then I put God's desire for humanity. And um, I stole the idea for this article from a dear friend on Facebook. I wrote this. He knows who he is, and you'd know too if you'd simply lean in and listen. <laughs> and it's God's desire for humanity, salvation over condemnation. So anyway, those are the links that I put in the show, in the in the comments section click on them avail yourself of them i think you'll like them yeah um and that's some stuff that's closely associated especially the four horsemen that's closely associated with the show today you know it, it really is it really is 
Um, I'd warn preachers everywhere, if you have a member providing excess flattery, there's most likely an insidious reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be yes. on your guard when people try to play on your pride. I'm going to, I'm going to pull that up. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that's yeah. the thing. Gotta and Aaron, I'm sure that you were told this whenever you went through preaching school, whenever you come into a congregation, the person that jumps up out of the audience first and talks about how awesome you are, and about how wonderful you are, and about how, and that I'm your guy. That is the person that's quickest to turn on you and tell people how terrible you are. Yes. And tell, and, and in other words, they can go the other way. Yeah. I remember in preacher training that, that they warned us about that. You know, they told us, our instructors, they said, you know, the ones that initially seem to be your big supporters, well, they could very well end up being the ones that are not, that are just yep. trying to use you or manipulate you. Well, I'll, I'll relate a story, and, and and incidentally, this story has the name Guy in Woods in it. So I've told two stories with the name Guy in Woods Poor after brother, this story. He can't even defend himself. He's gone on to glory. Well, that's the thing. He don't have to defend himself. Yeah, this you're is, not attacking him. You just well, actually, him this there. one, he would have to defend himself. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe you can so help him out. <laughs> this was several years ago, and uh, I had a podcast called Life and Godliness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. And that. it was about like cogitations. I mean, basically, it was just stream of consciousness, and it's things that I think about pertaining to life and godliness. Mm-hmm. And um, who's the guy in the woods, Jonathan? You're <laughs> you're you you're no longer allowed to make jokes in this <laughs> in this show for today. You can make jokes again next week when Aaron and, and Aaron and I are on, or you can make jokes, jokes today. <laughs> or, or you can make jokes tomorrow. But for now. You have to sit there without making jokes, and I want you to think about what you've done. Anyway. Uh, Put your nose in the corner if it helps. That's right. Um, guy called me up at Bay Church of Christ. So like he, he, he had been listening to me. He'd been in a Facebook group that I was in, and he went online and got the phone number to Bay Church of Christ, and he called me. Told me who it was. I said, that's great. And then he proceeded to tell me that I was like to hear him talk. I was, I was Paul the apostle reincarnate. Yeah. He asked me a Bible question. I gave him a succinct answer, kind of quick off the cuff. He told me, he said, I've read so many commentaries. He said, I, I read a commentary by Guy in Woods where he took he took almost a whole chapter to explain and answer what you just took 10 seconds to answer. I can't believe it's just, I'm so glad I found you. And I'm so glad I'm able to learn from you and you're just amazing and awesome. I mean, I'm just, okay. <laughs> it wasn't two weeks later that he found something that I said that he didn't like. And then it was screenshots. He was going to other groups and he was sharing the screenshots like he had hung me on the horns of a dilemma and talking about how terrible of a false teacher I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. I caught it. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. That's why I left this comment by Jason Campbell up. I'd warn preachers everywhere that if you have a member or anybody providing excess flattery, yeah, there's most likely an insidious reason behind it. Be on your guard when people try to play you, play on your pride. Yeah. 
I am more afraid of the preacher who flatters than the one who flatters the preacher. Now that's both of those are terrible. Both of those are terrible. All right. I've Aaron, I feel like the comment section has just gotten out of hand. I've lost yes, it. Go uh, hey, and by the way, Jason Campbell, that's that's somebody I've known for several years from years past. Hadn't seen him in a while, but he and I try to keep in touch when we have time. But he's well, out that's on the, awesome. he's out, he's out on the West Coast preaching. Oh, that's got that's about like being on the east coast of Canada preaching. Yeah. He's I imagine. Out there in uh, greater Los Angeles where he preaches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder okay. That's yeah. Uh, correlation is not causation. On my analytics on the Cogitations podcast, which is where I put the Christianity now, basically if we do a recording, it goes up on the Christian on the Cogitations podcast. I know I should change that. I know I should. I know we should have a cut. Okay, forget all the things I should be doing. This is what is. And when I when I change from a regular daily podcast that I just pre-recorded instead of a live stream, I I was I was upwards of three thousand downloads a month. But because I had grown with that type of content, when I changed to to just uploading the archive of the live stream. Then my audience diminished, and I, I for for about three months I was around eight hundred downloads a month. Well, it's creeping back up, and we're close to fifteen hundred downloads a month again, and it'll it'll just continue to creep as as the podcast finds its audience. My point is this: Oklahoma for the last six or eight months in the and state of in, in the state of Oklahoma in the in the country of the United States has been leading in downloads. That's interesting. Yeah. With the exception of this month, California beat Oklahoma in downloads, which makes me think that somebody in California found our content and on their Apple podcast, Dewey just hit download. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder if that's your friend on the West coast. (laughs) It could be. I wonder because he's like, Oh, I found his content. pretty cool. And he, and he listened through Apple podcast. Yeah. And then it Apple Podcast just downloaded a bunch, and that's yeah. why because of him, California yep. beat out. So I don't know. Could I be. know Could. I know of a couple, two different guys that are out there that that have listened at least to some of my stuff, and mm-hmm. could be a combination. You know. Well, I always get, I always get in my analytics. We always get listeners uh, spread out across the fifty states, mm-hmm. and um, California has always been real good to us as far yeah. as the listener. That's cool. Yeah, but th- this was a, a a spike, like it was, yeah, like a few hundred yeah. downloads. Yeah, yeah, like I right. said, somebody clicked it and boom, it did a bunch of episodes at one time. I, I really feel like <laughs> that, that's happened, and like I know correlation is not causation, but yeah, your buddy from the West Coast chimed in today, and then lo and behold, just a short while ago, we had that big spike. Could have been. Did you see Scott Beck's? How does preacheritis play into this? I did not see it. He said, I, I, I've lost the comments. So you're going to have to I, help me. I can just click show on it so you can see it too. But he says, okay. um, he says, people, how does preacher writers play into this? People who heap praise on the preacher because he is their favorite and they don't want him to leave. Yeah. Honestly, I don't really know how to answer that. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how it plays into it. I know yeah. that, that flattery and love bombing play into preacher writers. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, if if I flattered the preacher and loved bombed the preacher, and he and I are pretty tight, 
I've got him right where I want him. I wouldn't want another preacher to come in and have to do all that work over with. <laughs> exactly. So, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely related. Yep. I think so, too. Definitely related. Well, we've, we've got, hold on, where is it? I, I sent a document yeah, to a you of, of some notes that I gathered. Yeah. I've yeah, got it so. Up. Flattery and love bombing, although seemingly benign or even positive at first glance, hold potential dangers both in interpersonal relationships and from a biblical perspective. These behaviors can be manipulative, aiming to influence or control another's behavior through undue praise or affection. I, I, I used undue on, because flattery is undue. Like if if Aaron, if I if I if I had to visit the states tomorrow. And then I set in Aaron Dotson's Wednesday night class, and he does a good job. He's probably never going to hear it from me because this Aaron's supposed to be doing a good job. Aaron has been – how long have you been preaching, Aaron? Uh, since 02, however long that is. Is that longer? That's longer than 20 years. It's like 20 years or something. That yeah, preaching you're supposed and teaching publicly. Yeah. You are supposed to be doing a good job. Yeah. So if I – after your Wednesday night class, if I come up to you, shake your hand, Aaron, that was amazing. I'm so happy. You're so good. That's undue yep. praise and affection. Yep. Now, if I come up to Aaron and say, Aaron, man, you 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 taught on Romans 13. I've never considered what you what you said tonight. I really was interested in that. Yep. And I, I really appreciate you and I appreciate your studiousness. That's not undue. Yeah. That is not undue. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's honest and it's carefully placed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like uh, when I hear someone that should be doing a good job in preaching and what they're doing, they're doing what they're supposed to do, you know, and I've uh, enjoyed it. I say, hey, thanks for what you did. Keep up the good work. You know, just things like that. Yeah. You, you don't, it's, that's not undue. They, br- preachers need to hear Keep oh. doing the good work. Keep going. Don't don't give up. You know, or well done. Yeah. Like if I if I shake his like if I if I'm if I'm at Washington Avenue, he's done preaching. I'll shake his hand. Well done. That was that was a good yeah. lesson. Yeah. There's nothing at all wrong with that. No. No. If you honestly thought it was a great lesson, it's okay. It's like great lesson. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean. Absolutely. Oof. Yeah. The, the, okay. I, I'm uh, Scott. I'm glad you said that. I know people who give the preacher gift cards to restaurants and other gifts may just be an expression of thanks. Honestly, this is a much better practice than heaping accolades on them publicly. Yep. Yes. Yep. Like if I got a card in the mail with a uh, uh, twenty-five dollar Starbucks. Says, hey, preacher, this is the Smith family. We're really glad that you're here at the Main Street Church of Christ. You and your wife go go enjoy some coffee on us. That's something that only them and God sees and knows. That's yeah. And I and I know you've talked some. This is me coming out of our personal relationship with each other, but I know sometimes you have made the point of like don't be the person that only privately praises someone, but then in public you turn on them. That that's not that. That's not what I'm talking We're about. We're gonna talk about that yeah. at the last second, okay. actually. Yeah. 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 But but like it it is it is something more personal and intimate and genuine 
when you do something for that person privately, you don't have to brag on them in, per, in, in public. You, you, you can show your gratitude toward them privately. Like there's something intimate you want to say to them. Like, you know, the way you do your sermons has really helped me a lot. Like I might feel more comfortable telling a friend that's a preacher that privately than yeah. saying that from the pulpit after he comes to the congregation where I'm at and he does a meeting. It yeah, feel like I'm just like puffing him up or something. Ooh, you know? What about what what about uh when you go to when you go somewhere to preach and the fella that introduces you sets you up like you're the second coming? <laughs> I know. That's and awful. like you get up there and you're like, man, I, I don't belong in this pulpit because. Yeah, I'm not the guy that 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 this man introduced. I know. It's like I would like to think that just ignoring it and going straight to this text helps, but and I think it can. But sometimes you like you want to say something like I know it, man. You didn't need to say all that. I it it, it hit me like a ton of bricks when I watched Dan Winkler in 2013. I think it was. It was the very first Memphis School of Preaching lectureship that I attended, and I attended it as a student. Mm-hmm. And it was that Monday night, he preached this amazing sermon. And he looked, my perception of him was that he was seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. And then after the sermon was ended, he, he in my mind, he visibly shrinks. And he walks down those five steps of the Forest Hill Church of Christ raised dias. Yeah. And he sits down in the pew. Brother Moser gets up to close everything out. And Brother Moser tries to speak to Dan Winkler. And Dan Winkler is sitting there. He's not manspread. His knees are together. His 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 shoulders, he's not his shoulders are not back. His shoulders are curled in. And he's bent kind of kind of like he's trying to duck down. Yep. And I may be reading so much into this that's not there. But that's the way it looked like to you. Like he was. He felt little after he preached. Or he tried to purposefully make himself little yep. after he preached yep. so as not to take away from the lesson. Yep. I know the feeling. I don't know if I purposely tried to make myself little, but I know when I, I, when I get done preaching, sometimes there's different things. You just feel like, I didn't do that justice, or who am I yeah. to be saying that? You know, you, yeah. you just... You're trying to exalt Christ and, and the Word of God and everything. Yep. And just the Word of God's a mirror. If you're honest with it, man, it hits you hard. It's like, I know. It's like, man, you really came to. It's like uh, one brother, he's passed on that, that I loved and appreciated. He, he's a good example. This is in another area where I preached. He was a good example of someone who I had a personal relationship with him as a brother in Christ. And he, he often said words of, affirmation you know to me right but i i truly believe he was very sincere and genuine he you know he he just this kind of like the type of person he was and there were a few times where privately i might address something you know that if i felt it was too much you know but he just he, he just really appreciated because he would say that you know preaching the word of god the way you do i think you try to handle the text carefully and and those are the kinds of things you know and that's made a, a a difference in me you know that made a change in me and so he would often what i felt like brag on me but he would often say here's my point when you point your finger like that you've heard it you've got three pointing back at yourself yeah and i always remember him for saying that you know and that's what you have to remember yeah absolutely uh, so many good comments, guys. This is—I did not realize this would be this out of a topic. Yeah. Um, 
this is what I wanted to bring. I, for those, look, if I haven't said hi to you, if we haven't said hi to you, we should have. So we're glad you're here. Anyway, I, I think I saw Terry Crooks, and I don't think we said hi to Terry Crooks, and, uh, and, and I don't think there's anybody else, though. Anyway. Uh, let us always consider the source before shaking our fist or glaring at another. Yeah, and and, and that, that gets in the idea of judging with a righteous judgment. We don't want to deal with intentions because a lot of times we get it wrong. Yeah, we just deal with actions, and that that's yeah, that's about all I can say about that. Um, and then John Exum's got a couple of, and I don't like. And, and don't be like the visiting preacher who says, that's not how I'd do it, or the man who makes rules for preachers regarding matters of opinion. Yeah, that, man, it, it's, it's people, people just don't understand how rude they are. Yeah. And in, in, in considerate, they come off whenever they give compliments to a visiting preacher. Yeah. Like it's the worst. People, people just don't understand. Like, oh, preacher, that's awesome. You, you just, we haven't heard preaching like that in 20 years. And I'm like, then then you need to show up more. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? What? That's another thing. Sometimes people, I don't know, if they're trying to praise or not or criticize even. Like, you know, you just don't know what people. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, this past Sunday night, and your West Coast, Jason Campbell's got a comment we're definitely going to look at. It's a good mm -hmm. one. This past Sunday night, a sister told me out loud that she didn't know about the seven Beatitudes in Revelation, and she appreciated me for teaching that. Yeah. That is the type of thing that makes me yeah makes me sure that I'm doing right. I know. I, I got to go to the eye doctor. I you should. <laughs> I'm having... <laughs> Want to get can, a crack? You can only neck. line them things up so much. You got. I know. You know. <laughs> if I don't do something, I'm gonna just get a magnifying. Anyway, it's like I um, want people to walk away. Uh, this past Sunday, incidentally, I preached on a subject that you had recently handled with the Holy Spirit, and I used the Bereans. As oh the yeah, example. Yeah, and I preached on that. They, they, they were able to understand the Bible without having the Holy Spirit. Exactly. According right. to all the arguments. Now. Right. I, and I preach, I preach that, and and I also dealt with First Corinthians two very closely because that's the passage. The inspiration, often, yeah. I went to that. We covered a chunk of it, and my, I wanted people to walk away going, I either either I'm I'm reconfirmed what I already believed that was what it was true, or now I know what First Corinthians two actually means, and now yeah. I can tell because I pitched the sermon that way, like folks. It may be that there's not somebody here that believes in this hocus pocus. I wouldn't be surprised if there is, though. I said this infiltrates the church. But bottom line, even if there's nobody here that believes this hocus pocus, there are millions of people who do. There are plenty of people in your family in the city that do. We need to know how to handle those texts yeah. to answer it, answer the error. You know. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, I I cannot tell you how many times I've been told by members of the Lord's church who would preach cessationism mm -hmm. staunchly also out of the other side of the mouth say, you can't understand the Bible without help from the Holy Spirit. Wow. What? That's out there. What is that's, it? It's like, but the Bereans did. That, the Bereans the did. That's the, yeah. if, if well, the I argument is, yeah, I don't want to make the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> it gets, it gets, it gets me excited. 
Uh, our faith ought to rest in the power of God, not in the wisdom of men. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a Bible verse for that, but there is one. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> you don't have to have a Bible verse for people to understand yep. that that axiom. Yep, that's exactly what Paul. But, that's how but, he did his but, ministry. But you, but you got one. All right. Yep. Here's the one. I wonder how many making comments are preachers. It is a sensitive topic we as preachers, especially younger preachers, may have a difficult time addressing or responding to. I, I think that's the that, that's the big issue is mm-hmm. when I say young preachers, I'm not talking about young preachers as in young in age. Because you can be 25 years old and for a decade be have been preaching the gospel, okay? Yeah. But gospel preachers that are just starting out, young preachers as in you might be 45 years old and decide to go to the Memphis School of Preaching. So you're 47 when you graduate. And then you get your first work at 47. You're a young preacher. And unless you have been made aware of these certain pitfalls, then, yeah, I would say it's very difficult to navigate. And, um, well, John Exum is a preacher. Aaron, you and I are preachers. Yeah. Jason is. Jason is a preacher. Yeah. Um, That may be it. It, as it far as this live stream that I recognize, yeah, yeah, and, and I'm maybe over. No, no, some. Robert Leedy. Robert okay, Leedy's a gospel yeah. preacher. Okay, yeah. In fact, dude, Robert Leedy, uh, I, talk about flattery and love bombing. Um, Robert Leedy, he wrote a humdinger of an article for the Christianity Now blog. Uh, what does the Bible teach about judging? And I played with it a little bit with artificial intelligence and got the entire article narrated with B-roll footage and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, I I put it up on uh, our TikTok, which folks don't even know. I don't even say we've got a TikTok. I just, anyway, uh, it got like almost 2,000 views on TikTok. Um, Got uh, several good views on uh, YouTube and stuff like that. It's interesting. And I agree with what you just said about, his article that turned into that video. And here's my motive. I want y'all to check out Christianity now on Substack. <laughs> That's right. I'm being honest with you. I'm telling you up front. That's and check right. out the videos that we're trying to put out mm-hmm. online. Yeah. And I agree because it was good. It was good material. Yeah. Um, well, I so so often you you hear the topic addressed. Here's what not to do, here's what not to do. Or um here or what Here's why judging is bad. Here's why judging is bad. Right. Or you hear an article, here's how judging is good. Here's how good judging is good. And his article was, no, listen, there's three types of judging. Yep. And two of them are are, are bad, and one of them is actually commanded by God. Mm-hmm. It's just helpful, and it resonated yep. with people. All right. Sorry, Robert Lady, if you're listening. We didn't made to mean to make you feel embarrassed. What kind of God would give a book to man? that he would have to have supernatural help to understand, not the God we worship. Anyway, that's right. I recommend preachers read the evangelist epistle every week and maybe Tom Holland's book, Encouraging Preachers. Um, the evangelist epistles, uh, that, that would be uh, what other folks call the pastoral epistles. I kind of eschew that. I don't I understand what they mean, um, 
but it's just so semantically overloaded. I, I, I do rather like them being called the evangelist epistles or the, um, the T epistles. But anyway, first and second Timothy first, uh, first, second Timothy and Titus would be really good reads. And and if you read them every day, that would be good. And and you can read them every day. Yeah. Because they're not very long. Like, no, that's why I would say you could read them every day. They're not very long at all. Yep. It's amazing how much God put in there in one little letter. It's like he knows <laughs> Rob, exactly what he's doing. Probably he said he's flattered. <laughs> I'm flattered. <by> that. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Hey, let me flatter you with some verses. It's amazing how many passages in the scriptures there are about flattery. Yeah. You know, Psalms and Proverbs and everything. I know John's put a few up. I know you had some in the the, the article that you did. Is that released yep. yet, by the way? I didn't get the order on that. No, it's not. Okay. An, it ain't even an article. Oh, okay, I, I, okay. I'm going to have to it's organize this into an article. with me on the show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just for the show notes. Yeah. The show map, rather. Yeah, yeah. Um, Psalm 5, 9. Yeah, There's no boy. faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. <laughs> then verse 10, pronounce them guilty, O God. <laughs> I know. Destroy thou them, the King James says. Yeah. It's like, like it's flattery can absolutely counsels. destroy a congregation. Yep. Love bombing and flattery. And people don't realize it. What about Proverbs 26, 28? A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. According to the way we define things in um, uh, Hebrew parallelism, a lying tongue is the same as a mouth that worketh ruin, or a flattering mouth, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lying tongue is the same as a flattering mouth. And like I said, it's destructive. Yeah, absolutely. Proverbs 29.5, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. So you're trapping your neighbor. You're going to trip your neighbor up by flattering them. That's it. Because it, 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 I hate to say it, but think about a rattlesnake. Everything about a rattlesnake is made to make you not want to be around it and to make you, <laughs> to, to raise your hackles. Yeah. Everything about in nature, like poison poison dart frogs in the jungle, they're some of the brightest, most colorful things you've ever seen <laughs> that tells you to stay away from them. Yeah. Like something's loud, something's bright, something's in your face. Like, oh, we need to, there, there's, there's something there that we need to stay away from. Um, ca- certain caterpillars. Are like that, yeah. Uh, the the fertile the fertilis fertilance fertilance viper. You ought to look that thing up. Yeah, it's, it's one of the most beautiful snakes I've ever seen in my life. But it has a, a, an exceptionally deadly neurotoxin. I think, like the gaboon viper, I think it's called the four step snake or the oh, something yeah, like looking, that. I think I'm looking at it online. Some pretty the, colors. Beautiful, is it not? Mm-hmm. That means stay away from me. Yeah. Says it has a tendency to be aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what the reason flattery is so and, and and this is the tactic of a love bomber. 
they want you to drop your guard and lower your boundaries Mm -hmm. and make yourself vulnerable so they can get in and figure out what they need to have in order to leverage and control you. Isn't that what hustlers can do or do? Uh, That's exactly. I mean, that's, that's what, that's hustling. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Playing pool. You know, you feign, you feign like you have a much lower skill level than you normally have. And then, right. Boom, drop that hammer. Manipulate. I mean, the thing about it is like it's for manipulative manipulative purposes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mormons are known for love bombing visitors, which almost pressure the visitors to become Mormons. Love is sacrificial. Love bombing is selfish. You got that right. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked it up. I wanted to get the definition. Um. Love bombing. Interestingly enough, when I Googled through Chrome, Google Chrome love bombing, what came up? The very first thing was National Domestic Violence Hotline. <laughs> wow. According to psycho exactly. According to psychology today, love bombing is an attempt to influence another person with over-the-top displays of attention and affection. This kind of behavior is a form of emotional abuse. And although it can be experienced during any stage of a relationship, it's often seen in the early stages of getting to actual physical violence. What site was that again? Not the actual URL, but what was it about? It was about... The National Domestic Violence Hotline. So a domestic violence hotline recognizes this. This is not some mere church problem. This is... (laughs) Oh, no, yeah. This is what... Here's here's thirteen exactly. Here's thirteen signs of love bombing. The person who love bombs they make grand romantic gestures or give extravagant gifts. All right. They always compliment you. They promote excessive communication. They request constant attention. They demand commitment. They resist your boundaries. They make, quote-unquote, soulmate claims. They say, I love you very, very quickly. I want to come back to that one. They're good at saying what you want to hear, saying to you what you want to hear. They feel too good to be true. They make immediate promises about the future, and they put you on a pedestal. Now, the reason this is so nefarious is because whenever you put somebody on a pedestal, you're you're not putting them on the pedestal. You're putting your perception and desire for what they would be on a pedestal, and you're interacting with that. And you're making them something they're not. Exactly. Now, they say, I love you very, very quickly. That is one of the biggest red flags for me. If somebody says, oh, we're brothers in Christ. I see you online. Now, they could say, I just love you. Your podcast is awesome. That's different. Okay? Yeah. But if they're like, hey, what's up? I see you online. You know, I really love you. You're you're such a good man of God. You're such a good. That is what this is talking about. 
you and I have encountered people that disagreed with us online, individually and collectively together. Yeah. And the, the person that disagreed was making comments like, I love you. And it's like, what? I, I know. know. It just makes it awkward. Like, why are you saying that? Like, you never said it before or, you know, you've never reached out to me privately or I don't even know you personally. And it's just yeah. some of the thought. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, again, can't judge motives, but you have to be discerning. Like, why are they doing this? What? Well, I've never if, had any kind of, you know, know. Who I'm talking about. If you thought for just a second who I'm talking yeah. about, but we had one individual that was like one of our, I'll just go ahead and say it because it's pretty public. One of our past classmates, you know, from school. Oh yeah. Say I lo- love you guys. Love y'all. After he just pretty much dogged us out, you know, I know. it's like it just doesn't sound like like he was trying to cover himself for what he had done. It was okay because he loves us or so. I don't know. It's just yeah. Well, if you love me, maybe maybe treat me lovingly. I know. You know, but what what, what I'm talking about is people that say I love you very quickly. Yeah. Like. You go to polish in the pulpit and you meet somebody, and the first time you ever meet them, they tell you that they love you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like, no, we're strangers. You don't know me. Yeah, you don't. You don't know me like that. You know, hugging on you and and just like, come on, dude. They may think they mean it, but it's like we need to be careful. And thoughtful about how we say we love someone. Yes. I mean, and that's the, the thing. That's the thing that I think. I know. And the same I, person I, that will do this, that will hug you and kiss you and tell you they love you and they don't even, they, they just met you, That what that same person will do is if you say, hey, wait a second, I, 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 this violates my boundaries. Don't hug and kiss me. Don't tell me you love me. They will use scripture and they will say, well, you're not a very loving person. You must not love me. Well, I don't love you. I have an agape. I'm going to treat you lovingly, which is what I'm commanded to do. But right now, I do not love you like that. I will act in a loving way, but there's no emotion. There's no emotional connection between us two just because you're a Christian and I'm a Christian. If there's two brethren... And and what they've never met, and one of them says they love the other. I wonder the person that says that. Do they mean they agape love them? Like, I don't know you except that you're a member of the Lord's church, and I agape love you as a brother. Or do they mean like an affectionate phileo? Well, I think that, the way people say it, they mean it like phileo. That that's the and problem. It's like, how do you know me? Like, that, that, that's the know. problem with love bombing and flattery is because it's empty. Yep. It's mm-hmm. empty. Insincere. Yep. Like th- there's no reason for you to tell another Christian I love you within the first thirty minutes that you meet them, because you're commanded to love them. It's an action. It's not a feeling or an emotion. You know, one thing I was going to ask you. Yeah, what I was going to ask you was, uh, or one thing I wanted to ask you. I wonder if a lot of this is a learned behavior from others, like a family, you know, a generational type, where there's been manipulation and. Um, Constantly telling them they love each other and that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure. Could I, th- it could be. I know that on one side of my family, um, the, these people. 
I remember like, well, y'all just see each other once a year. And every time you see each other, you hug and kiss on one another and talk about how much you love each other. The, the, the farthest any of you live away from one another is an hour. <laughs> so I don't yeah. believe you whenever you say you love me. Yeah. We ought to get but, together more often. You never do. Well, <laughs> you, know, well you, you know, the, the road runs right up to my house. <laughs> you know? Yep. All right. Um, Tony noticed this from Paul. Now, I urge you brothers to keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and stumblings, contrary to the teachings which you learned, and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own stomach, of their smooth and flattering speech. Yep. They deceive the hearts of the the hearts of the unsuspecting. That's the problem. There is the hearts of the unsuspecting. And that's what yep. this show is about to make it where you're no longer unsuspecting. Mm-hmm. Don't be a, don't let anybody make you feel like you're a bad person for having healthy boundaries. I don't want you to hug and kiss on me. I don't want you to tell me you love me. I don't want you to tell me how great I am. Yeah. Show me how you feel by your actions. You may say that you have love towards me, but you don't act lovingly towards me. I will show you that I love you by my actions. Yep. Kind of sounds like James's words about faith and works. <laughs> Delilah flattered Samson. And look mm-hmm. at the consequences. Mm-hmm. Poor old Samson. <laughs> he didn't have a hope nor a prayer. That woman had him twisted inside out and upside down. Sam- Samson was thinking sensually. The Samson was not using the brain That's right. to think with. And he was not. A fate, sorry about that. Anyway, a a fable where a cow has a piece of cheese and a fox wanting it for himself flatters the crow, calling it beautiful, and asks if its voice is as sweet. The crow calls, and the cheese falls to the fox. Let me tell you something. Aesop's fables are amazing. Is that what that is? Yeah. Cool. I love Aesop's fables. I, I, I I read Aesop's fables growing up. Yeah, I read Aesop's Fables the Child. Um, but anyway. And right. you read them not too long ago when you used to do the audio books on YouTube. Or not well, audio, I did do a few, YouTube. didn't I? Yeah. I did do a few when I did the audio books. Yep. Um, what am I doing here, Aaron? Well, we're talking about, I guess, the dangers of it, like manipulation. Yeah, let's do that. Dependency. I don't. We did talk about manipulation a little bit. Yeah. Unless there's something else you want to say, but. Well, let, let me, both flattery and love bombing can be forms of manipulation. They're mm-hmm. often used to lower an individual's guard to sway them into thinking positively of the flatterer, yep. which can lead to unhealthy power dynamics or control. Yep. So, yeah, be careful. But then insincerity, you want to take that one? Yeah, these behaviors of flattery and love bombing can signal insincerity, where the expressed admiration or love is not rooted in genuine feelings, but rather in an agenda to influence or to gain something from the other person. That summarizes, you know, what we've been talking about, I think. Absolutely. Dependency. Now, this is particularly with love bombing. It can create an unhealthy dependency with the recipient becoming emotionally attached to the flatterer and reliant on approval and affection. Mm-hmm. So love bombing is a way to get vulnerable people to enter into an unhealthy, maladaptive, codependent relationship mm-hmm. with the flatterer or the love bomber. Yeah. And again, it, it's 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 
all of its abuse. How do you say all that next? Emotional volatility? Volatility. Volatility? Yeah, Brandon Wild. I, 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 no. was, I was almost loath to say the word narcissism. Here's the problem when you say the, the word narcissism has become so semantically overloaded. Yeah. Whenever I say narcissism, I am not talking about narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. I am just talking about the personality trait, narcissism, which everybody has that personality trait. Mm -hmm. If you have ever advocated for self, you have exhibited narcissistic behavior. Okay? Mm -hmm. Narcissism... The word narcissist comes from a Greek myth where this water sprite falls in love with this very handsome guy, and this guy spurns her advances. She withers away to nothing, and she can only echo back. She can only repeat back the things that is said to her. And that's why today, whenever you yell, you hear it yelled back at you. That's where we get the echo. But anyway, hmm. the guy was cursed by one of the goddesses in the pantheon of gods to fall in love with the very next thing he saw. And lo and behold, he bent down and he looked at himself on the in his reflection on the surface of a still body of water. And he was so hopelessly in love with that young man in the water that he wasted away and died. And a flower grew out from his rotting corpse. Mm-hmm. It was very, very beautiful, just like he was. And that's the flower, the narciss, narcissus. And that's yeah. that. That's where we get this word narcissist. So, if you're a narcissist, that just that's a description of somebody who is looking out for self. Yeah, everybody has narcissistic <laughs> tendencies. If Aaron Dotson comes to Riverview, New Brunswick, and he says, "You know what?" I really like your sound equipment, Tony. I'm just going to take your sound equipment back home to Arkansas. I am going to be narcissistic. Like, no, this is my sound equipment. I bought this with my own this, this sound. Like this sound equipment I have, I did buy this with my own money. It was very, very expensive. We bought it back whenever we were making that United States money, me and LaBeth. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I, does that mean I think less of Aaron? I mean, I think Aaron deserves sound equipment like this, but I'm narcissistic, so I ain't going to buy him. I ain't going to buy it for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so my, my point is, a lot of times today with the inundation of uh, mental health education by the masses because mm-hmm. of platforms like YouTube and stuff like that, I think people will say, well, that, that person is narcissistic. And they think narcissistic personality disorder, but that, that's not the case. Narcissistic personality disorder is actually quite rare. Yeah. But 
but everybody has some narcissistic tendencies. And Brandon Wiles says, I was thinking entitled. Yeah, now that, uh, yes, entitlement, a sense mm-hmm. of entitlement, stuff like that. Yeah. All right, that, that was my, anyway, emotional volatility. Individuals who yeah. employ, oh, was that, was you going to read that or me? I don't know, but I, I mean, I can, it don't matter. Uh, well, get her done. Yeah, our individuals who employ flattery or love bombing may react negatively when their expectations are not met or when they perceive a shift in control or affection. They may withdraw affection, become hostile, or manipulate further to regain their perceived position of influence. I have seen people who love bomb and flatter Whenever you put a wall up and be like, hey, listen, that's I've got to back off from you. They take it as a personal insult. Mm -hmm. And they do everything they can to rope you back in. Mm -hmm. They'll put out Facebook posts. They'll uh, talk to your friends. they'll, They'll talk to anybody they can. They tell you how bad they are, how bad you are, and this, that, and the other. You think you're a goody, goody. He's uppity. I know. I hadn't me. Oh, yep. And I've had that done to me before. Oh yeah, but but the rage. Mm-hmm. The rage because they're not getting what they want. That's yes. That's it. Yes. Yep. And the, the one of the if, if you do have somebody that's treating you this way and you don't know how to break free from them, do what's called gray rocking. Now, what does that mean? Well, you need to be about as interesting as a gray rock. <laughs> Whenever they text you, send them back one or two word responses. Only deal with what they say because you may be dealing with somebody like this that you cannot physically separate from. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, it could be your boss at work. Yeah. It could be your coworker. It could be. So you just gray rock them. Yeah. And let me tell you something. People who have these tendencies, I've almost said narcissist, but people that have these tendencies that that are entitled like this, that practice this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. they're pretty attuned to changes in behavior. And they'll pick up on it real quick whenever you're handling them. Mm -hmm. And it makes them mad. Yeah. Yeah, when they don't get what they want, that's when they act out in different ways. And like sometimes in the church, it can be like anonymous letters. Oh yeah, and just stuff and, it, like and it's that. stupid stuff like. Well, you you and I used to text back and forth on a regular basis, and now you don't longer text me. I'm like, wait a second, you try you telling me that has the same energy as a husband sitting down with his wife and saying, "Look, you need to submit to me as if you were as if I were Jesus." And Paul said that your body's not your own, so you don't ever need to deny me for sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's going to go across real good. Uh-huh. It's going to go over real good. That's you it. You used to text me, and now you don't. And you, just, you know, oh, manipulation. Oh, John, 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 you've, uh, you, John, you can, you can make jokes again. That you, <laughs> you've redeemed yourself with this one comment. <laughs> All the terrible jokes that you told today, you're 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 open back up for this show. What about one who gish gallops? Now, if you don't know, a gish gallop is is a debate tactic that's kind of scummy. You overwhelm your opponent with with arguments 
irrespective of the efficacy or power or strength of the argument. Yeah. So basically, like they can't deal with everything you said. So what about the one who gish gallops? They send a million things in one text or email. I do not respond to all that. I ignore. And actually, the easiest way to respond to that is TLDR. And if they say, well, what's that mean? It means too long, didn't read. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. before we give Diana Harden a complex, we're going to read hers. I don't want her to think it's TLDR. <laughs> <laughs> For many years, I've noticed that when a new preacher comes, those in the quote-unquote popular crowd in a congregation will shower them with flattery, et cetera, to get him on their side because they want to continue running oh, the show. Yeah. I, I've had that happen. Oh, that's so common. And and let me tell you something, right, wrong, or indifferent, when I see a power dynamic like that, I try to hit it with a hammer. Yeah. I try to break it. Yeah, and one of the ways you can do that, too, is validate the people they don't like. <laughs> let me tell you something. You, you, as, as a gospel group. preacher, if you want to get run off real quick, start visiting and building a relationship with the second-class citizens in a congregation. Yeah, with the outcast, with the ones yeah. that everybody thinks are weirdos. I had a woman with tears in her eyes said, I've been, a, I've been a member of that congregation for 40 years, and I think this isn't but about the third time a preacher's ever sat in my living room with me. I had a member of the church who is now deceased tell me, years ago, that I was the first preacher that ever visited them. And it shocked me. I, yeah. You know, I know. Because of the context of her life, it shocked yes. me. I was like, wow. Um, all right. To get him on their side because they want to continue, quote, unquote, running the show and controlling things in the church. And often the preacher seeks out those in the popular crowd because it benefits him too. That gets back to Neil Abbott's uh comment about I'm much more afraid of the preacher who flatters as opposed to the other person like the member who flatters um, the preacher before long the preacher is catering to this crowd and excluding the others this is a problem in many congregations it hurts the Lord's church you know what a really easy way to solve this problem is you would think it would be well the preacher needs to visit those outcasts the people that no, the, the preacher needs to quit doing the work of an elder. Amen. Yep. Yep. In fact, I don't think the preacher, I'm going to say it's going to be a hot take, and <laughs> we got haters that watch us all the time and take things that I say out of context and try to ruin my reputation, which my reputation is already ruined with the Church of Christ. I don't care. Okay? Yeah. I've seen what makes you cheer. I don't care about your booze, you despicable, yep. gossipy, terrible, hate-filled people. You're going to bust hell wide open. Uh, Go run and tell that. I love that video you did earlier on character that you yeah. put, that you put on Christianity now that we shared. That, I mean, that was that's what it's about, not the reputation. But go ahead. That's it. That's what, it. What, was right. the hot, what was the hot take? Just that. They I just, don't think a gospel preacher should ever go visit a congregant unless they're with an elder. Yeah. Yeah. And in lieu of elders, you should never visit a member of the congregation alone. You need to take with you a quote unquote member of the congregation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's and the reason is, is because we've got preachers 
that are pseudo pastors doing the job of elders. We got elders that do the job of deacons. Deacons don't have a clue what to do because nobody's told them. And the members, they don't have a shepherd in the congregations. They're not, not a real one. They're so they, they're scattered yeah. to the four winds. They're expecting the preacher to do what the elders, what the pastors are supposed to do. That's and it. when they don't get the, what they want, they want a new preacher. That's it. That's it. You got a 300 member congregation and, 299 of them are paying one man to fulfill their obligation to the Lord. Yep. And that's, that's why hyperbolic, so obviously. That's why there's so much burnout and people go crazy, too. Um, Scott Beck says, it may be extreme, but I've read that flattery was part of Jim Jones' tactics to gain followers. I guarantee it. Flattery, love bombing, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. John Exum, I hang out with the less popular. Jesus did. All my favorite people are the outcast. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, if, if, yeah, I just, all my favorite people are the outcast. I'm here to preach. I'm not here to please. Amen. That's it. All right. Yep. Excellent stuff. I tell you what, John, uh, not Aaron, you're not, you're not. Okay. So we, we've looked at, We're going to have to have a very short final segment, yeah, I but say, I do think we need yeah, to look at this section guidance. Yeah. for responding to flattery and love bombing. Yeah, yeah. pick up that. Yeah. Take the first one there. Yeah, the first thing yeah, that we can do is we need to seek discernment, need to be discerning people, like Ephesians 5, 6, let no man deceive you with vain words. You know, and in the same chapter, I think, like 5, 16, walk circumspectly, walk carefully. You, know, you got to have your wisely. head on a swivel. Yeah. Yeah. Circum is circular, spect is spectacle. It's the way you got to walk looking around. Yep. Be alert. That's not being yeah. negative. People confuse that. Well, you're just skeptical. You're being negative. I know. It's like, no, God commands me to be looking and my head be rotating. Like, be careful. And, and, and don't I, be jaded. Right. Like, if, if, if you don't know me from Adam's uncle and I show up on Sunday, <laughs> Well, okay. Take uh, what's your friend's name that's on the West Coast? Where's Jason. He at? Yeah, Jason. Cooper? Uh, Campbell. Campbell. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So yeah. let's say I go to the West Coast, and lo and behold, there's Jason Campbell up there preaching. I'm going to be excited. Mm -hmm. Like, that's serendipitous. Yep. Now, I have a very effervescent personality. If you don't know what that means, let me Google it for you. E, how do you spell effervescent? I don't know, but I've heard the word many a times. I should know. <laughs> right here, effervescent. It's when it, <laughs> when it talks about liquid, it's giving off bubbles. Fizzy. Also, it means vivacious and enthusiastic. So if you have an effervescent, in fact, I was on the phone with somebody and and uh, I, I, I got a little excited with myself, and I said, listen, I'm sorry I get a little excited. He said, well, you're enthusiastic. That's good. I said, well, until it turns into effervescence, and I, I, I can run the risk of, of being effervescent. Now, think about effervescent. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Uh, what is that? Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. Alka-Seltzer advertises its effervescence. Now, what do you know about effervescence or Alka-Seltzer? It tastes absolutely horrible. It makes you want to throw up, but it works. It gets the job done. It gets the job done. Yeah. Anyway, all jokes aside, mm -hmm. um, 
if I see Jason Campbell, is that his name? No, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Campbell. No, no, Campbell. Yeah. So I see Jason Campbell. I'm on vacation. I'm I'm I have a I'm I'm excitable. I lean a little towards effervescent. So I'm gonna have trouble keeping proper decorum. That might throw some red flags up with him. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. So what he shouldn't do is he shouldn't be like, well, this this dude told me how awesome it was for him to see me, so he must be a flatterer. No, you judge with a righteous judgment. And you also, not that I've offended him, but you also turn the other cheek. You're like, you know what? This is a little bit of a red flag, but it's yeah. not going to hurt me to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah. and see what his character is, even though he spread the mustard a little too thick in the beginning, which mm-hmm. I am... I guarantee you in that situation, I'm either going to come off as cold and uncaring or I'm going to come off as a little effervescent because Spread I know myself. Too thick. Yeah, I know myself. Yeah. So my, my point is you want to be careful with this and you don't yeah. want to you don't want to become so jaded yeah. that everything somebody says or does that's positive towards you. You, uh, you, you do, um, oh, I can't remember the, the fella. You, I think it's Danny Mentor that was putting stuff in the comment section like, we want to consider the source before we yeah. glare at somebody or, you know, we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to ever consider us the, the arbiters of what somebody intends. Well, think about Paul. Paul said uh, and wrote positive things about people you know, in his mm. personal life that other people read. Yeah. Somebody could say, well, he's just blowing smoke up, you know. Yeah. Why did he no. talk about Aquila and Priscilla to the church over here and over yonder? And they're not even living over yonder now. They're in another town. And Yeah. Well, there's multiple reasons for that. They're good examples. But also he was thankful for them, and he wanted them to know and identify and, and praise in a good way people that serve God faithfully. Yep. Build them up. Use discernment. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, okay, where were we? I want to maintain integrity. There we go. Go ahead. Yeah, maintain integrity. Maintaining one's integrity in the face of flattery can serve as a protection against being swayed against insincere praise. The integrity of the upright shall guide him. And we probably should have used that one last because that segues right into Psalm, right into Proverbs twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. You need to know who you are. You need to have integrity to the point where it doesn't matter what somebody says to you. You're going to be who you're going to be. Yeah. Period. You don't float with the wind. You're true to yourself and your beliefs and your practices all the time, no matter who's around you. That's right. Foster genuine relationships. That's it. Biblical teachings emphasize the value of sincerity, truth, and love in relationships. Relationships, Romans 12, 9, let love be without dissimulation, hypocrisy, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Yeah. Alter genuine relationships. Interestingly enough, have you ever thought about the word dissimulation and what it means to let love be with? Okay, Aaron, I love you. But then I treat you very unlovingly. Yeah, that's to dissimulate. I have not, with my actions, emulated the concept of love. 
mm-hmm. but rather I have disemulated with my actions. Yeah. With my actions. However, if I say, Aaron, I love you, and then I treat you lovingly, then I have emulated with my actions the concept of love. If our actions are we go in and out of the worship assembly like passing ships in the night, we say and claim we love each other. Are we not dissimulating love? How are we, you know? Maybe you want to shut your mouth before you cause anybody I mean, any trouble. I, I, I just think that <laughs> what we think, we justify our lack of fostering genuine late relationships with I'm busy or my personality or we have a lot of differences. I don't have anything common. They're older than me. They're younger. We just, we got all the perfect excuses. I know. Of why we're not fostering genuine relationships that we have Christ in common should be sufficient to at least learn to grow together. Like you don't yeah. have to be the very best of friends in the whole wide world with every individual in the congregation, but you can have a, you can build a camaraderie and an appreciation for someone you have nothing in common with except Christ. You know. I, yes, and I've honestly, it. I've been blessed by it. social media has made it more difficult than ever yep. to yep. form meaningful connection with people who hold vastly different views than you outside of Christ, Yep, in Christ. Yep. It ostracizes those people. It belittles those people. It treats them as issues and not people. That's it. Categorizes them, et cetera. Well, he, he, he believes that when you die, you go straight to heaven instead of paradise. Yep. He believes that the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, yeah, you're, he believes you're going to yeah. live on a renovated earth or yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> let's let's talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to treat you as a human being. Well, I just can't believe he'd believe that, though. I mean, why would you believe in a renovated earth? That's just stupid. See, that, yeah. that, that's how... Well, you think how, it's stupid, but there's been very smart people in our brotherhood that believe we're going to live on a renovated earth. And and here's the thing. Whatever your concept of that doctrine is, I would be willing to bet you $100 against a thin dime that whatever your concept of that doctrine is, it is not what that particular brother believes. Yeah. It's kind of like the idea of meeting the guys like, well, I'm just going to have to be a unit for the kingdom for the rest of my life. I put my wife away for irreconcilable differences. <laughs> Well, what was the irreconcilable differences? Well, every Friday she'd have my buddy over to the house and have sex with him all weekend. <laughs> that, that's, that's yeah, that's a, that's a difference that's mighty hard to reconcile. Yeah, fornication, <laughs> man. That's Matthew 19. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, he's out of fellowship. He believes in renovated earth. Well, go over there and ask him exactly what he believes. Yeah, you might be and surprised. see. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Don't. Don't just take the title of his quote unquote doctrine. But, Tony, I read a book that a lectureship did, and I know what he believes. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm getting Oh, I can't tell. Oh, yeah, you're going to bust hell wide open. That's your attitude. Yeah. That's why we treat people. <laughs> We're like, well, I read about this. Well, I read. You understand. that? that I, is, I know what he believes. That is the definition of bigot. Yes, it is. If, if, I, if I know that, if I know that, if I, if I, well, Scott Beck, but 
Nah, I ain't going to use him. John Smith believes that we're going to live on a renovated earth. So I know that he believes, and, and you have six or seven yeah. lines of, yeah, you I know. Points. Well, the problem is you haven't talked to him. How do you know? Have you? And, and what John Smith believes is, oh, well, wait a second. You know, Alexander Campbell believed in the parsimony of God and that just like an individual, when he dies, he is not a, you cannot annihilate God. You cannot not annihilate that individual. Yeah. God made this cosmos. He is not going to annihilate it. I believe that when the trumpet sounds, the dead rise, the living, and all of them going to meet in the clouds, that everything in this universe is going to be reduced to a molecular singularity, and then it's going to be reformed in the ethereal region so we can have a place to be. Okay, that sounds kind of far out there, but there is nothing damnable in what I said. Right, exactly. And, and that's the doctrine that a lot of these folks believe. And so you got to you got to let love be without dissimulation and you got to agree to disagree about that. And you've got to develop a relationship with that individual. Maslow. Come here, buddy. Like Y'all, that dude was having a nightmare. Come here, man. Were you fighting in your sleep? The guy was asleep and he was having a nightmare. I'm dude. It was like, he was, he was, he was fighting off a whole pack of coyotes or something. He needs some talk yeah. therapy. Talk to him about it. I'm telling you, I'll talk Maybe to him. Maybe he'll bark it out. <laughs> All right. Um, let, let's go to Proverbs 27. Yeah. And, and, and real quickly, we'll. And real quick, Scott Beck, what you have up there, if only our phones had a scam alert. Oh, you know, yeah. When, when, when they, they try, try to love, love bomb. bomb. Yeah. Scott Beck also says, thanks for sparing me. <laughs> yeah, I would hate for that soundbite to get clipped and the, get out in the brotherhood that you're a new heavens, yes. new earth guy. Yeah. Diana Hardens, thank you very much for that. We need more preachers like Tony and Aaron who care, who care about all. And, uh, okay. Uh, good comments by, yeah. Am I seeking the favor of men or of God? Galatians one ten. All right. Proverbs. And I'm just going to read the first, I'm going to read the verses and then quickly we'll run down through them and talk about it. Boast not of thyself, boast not thyself of tomorrow. This is Proverbs 27, one through eight. Boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. A stone is heavy and the sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Wrath is cruel. Anger is outrageous. Who can, who is able to stand before envy? Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy, they're deceitful. That's flattery, by the way. The full soul loatheth the honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. Now, I've got... I have got some notes on each one of these verses. So boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day what a day may bring forth. Uh, humility and a recognition of life's uncertainty yep. in the context of flattery and love bombing, it reminds us to remain grounded, not swayed by the grand promises or excessive praise about the future, 
recognizing that only God knows what lies ahead. Yep. Can you imagine people coming in? It, it will also love bombing and flattery. There's also something that's called future faking. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote an article about future faking. Mm-hmm. I'm very concerned whenever we talk about the, the brand I'm very concerned that I come across as if I'm future faking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there is a fine line yeah. between preparing for the future and having a plan versus future faking. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Proverbs 27, two, let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. True recognition should come from others based on genuine achievements rather than self-promotion. This principle helps guard against being manipulated by flattery. In other words, you need to be sure enough in yourself. That's why it always made me uncomfortable whenever, you know, I'd I'd train a colt or ride a a rank horse and get it to where somebody could ride it. Like, don't, this is just another day at the office for me. Don't make a big deal about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, you you think yeah. this is amazing, but this is the twentieth wild horse that I've rode today. Yeah, Your, yours ain't even particularly bad. Yeah, that was such a good sermon, Aaron. The way you put it together, you're one of the best speakers I've ever heard. Well, you know, I I think I got a lot of work to do because you know I yeah. know myself and I know what I put into it and what I didn't and and. I know I could have done better. I, you don't, you know, wanna, I don't know. I just, I, I know. You don't know how you many don't, 20 horses I've preached, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm thankful, though, for brethren that I know that are genuine. I'm not talking about that. I, people that I know on a personal basis, I, I'm not well, talking about them, you know? Well, that's the difficulty of the topic, right? My brethren that love me and support me at Washington Avenue, you know, and support my family financially and morally, you know, I, I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not talking about that. I, no, you you know whether or not you're flattering. And yeah. if the object of the person to whom you give praise and affection, they will know soon enough yep. whether or not you're flattering or love-bombing. And the point I've tried to make, too, I may not have got it very clearly on this episode, is that like education of these things is so important because I think they're super good people that do this stuff, they flatter and they may even love bomb. They don't, they don't really realize it. I don't know that they're terrible people trying to manipulate even. I, maybe they are, and I need to be more discerning, but just otherwise they've never caused you a problem. They don't, you've never yeah. seen any manipulation out of them, but just be healthy in the things you talk. You don't realize the things that you say, how that affects, that adversely affects someone. It's, you know. Yeah, that's all we're saying. As that's, Scott Beck, it gets back to intentions. Yeah. We we yeah. are not qualified to judge yeah. intentions. We yeah. can only judge outcomes. And once you see the outcome, you can kind of backwards engineer it. Yeah. And 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 get a pretty good idea of the intentions, but it, again, you might be wrong there. We only deal with actions. And it's a fine line. Like we we don't want to come across as well if I, you know, if I preach the best sermon you've ever heard. I want you to sit there and I want you to keep your mouth shut. I don't ever want you to give me any positive feedback. That's not that's not what we're saying. Right. At all. Uh, in fact, 
a good rule of thumb, if you want to give praise, is don't speak in these grandiose terms. Yes. Don't ever walk up to a person and say, you preach the best sermon I've ever heard. Go to them and say, listen, that was a really good sermon. It was really well done. Thank you. Yeah, it's okay to like tell them why it was one of your favorite. What about it was so yeah. good? The content, the things that you said, or something. You know, like I understand First Corinthians two now, and I had never understood it like this before. Yeah, you know, instead of just the this is the best one I've ever heard, and then it yeah. turns into like saying it's the best because of oratory skills alone. Yeah. At least that's the way it can come across. You know, in these preaching sessions of famous brethren in these big circuit deals, you know, it's yep. like they can quote a hundred verses in a row without messing up. And it's just, it becomes about their oratory skills instead of the message. Yes. Uh, Brandon Wild, uh, when I was talking about the horses, sticky butt and sticky hands, <laughs> yeah. I will tell you this. I was probably the world's worst at riding a bucking horse. Uh, if, if I was on a horse and it started bucking, my immediate priority was to make it stop bucking. And if I couldn't make it stop bucking, I would separate from it. I'd part yeah. company with it because yeah. it's safer to jump off than it is to get thrown off. Yeah. And a I rapid did. dismount does not count as getting thrown. Hey, the other day we were talking about horses, uh, me and my oldest daughter, Cheyenne, and, and I mentioned you about, yeah, you used to train horses. Tony? Yeah. Horses, you know, because you know, kids are with animals too, and then somebody yeah. they know that's their parents' friend, and you know, like, yeah, he did horses. He did what? I, that, I, I I've like, got. I hadn't heard about any of this. Yeah, I got <laughs> some old videos on YouTube still. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. The the channel I called it. I think I called it something like Tony's Gated Horses. And I need to find that. It's like sure. Yeah, yeah, they're old. They're old now, but anyway, so. Um, yeah, it goes talking about, it goes back to intentions. We don't judge intentions. Yeah. All right. Um, verse three. Yes. Is that where you were? A stone is heavy and the sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who's able to stand before envy? So these verses highlight the destructive power of negative emotions in the context of guarding against flattery and love bombing. They warn of the potential of such tactics to evolve into envy and wrath. Mm -hmm. When the manipulator's desires are not met, emphasizing the importance of recognizing and, and avoiding such toxic dynamics. So think about it. The stone is heavy and sand is weighty. A fool's wrath is heavier than them both. You cannot appease no matter how you try the wrath of a fool. And no matter how you try, you cannot stand up to the scrutiny of those who are envious. Yeah. And the fool and the one who is envious, once they have once they have become angry and wrathful at you, mm-hmm. it's because their love bombing tactics failed. Yeah. And you have separated yourself from them. So the Proverbs writer is saying, don't get your approval from them. That's can't Do you not kind of summarize the first eight or nine verses that way, right? It's, well, yes. He's, he's, yeah, don't get your yeah, approval. You do not from get them. your approval from, yeah. well, you don't get your approval from external sources, all right? Yeah. Open rebuke is better than secret love. 
Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So honesty and constructive criticism from a true friend are invaluable, even if they may be hard to accept. In contrast, the seemingly sweet gestures of those with hidden agendas, like flatterers and love bombers, are mm-hmm. ultimately harmful. These verses underscore the importance of cultivating relationships where honesty prevails over deceitful flattery. So open rebuke is better than secret love. If you got a person that flatters you and flatters you and flatters you, it would be better if they rebuked you openly than just flattered you in private. Yeah. And then faithful are the wounds of a friend. Aaron tells me something I need to change. It's going to hurt. But it's much more profitable to me than the people in my life that love, bomb, and flatter because that's deceitful. You, you know, Tony, you're... Oh, right, go ahead. Con, right connected with this exact verse you're commenting on, my Bible has a little note, like probably a lot of people does. Proverbs 28, 23, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. So there's the word flatter again and love, you know, um, love, open rebuke is better. That's it. Now, here, here's the crux of the matter. The full soul loatheth the honeycomb. So what do we know about honey and a honeycomb? Honey and honeycomb is sweet. Mm-hmm. And in nature, sweet is a very difficult taste to find. Sweet, salt, fat. Those are three. Right, fat's not really a taste, but you get it. So that, that's why that's why you can give your dog food kibble, your dog kibble, and he'll come off his food because he just it just gets so bland after a while. But you throw some bacon grease on it, and it's got that salty, fatty kind of, and it just goes nuts. If you are, if you are actualized to the point where you are internally validated, and you don't seek the validation of others, then you will be manipulation proof. In other words, it doesn't matter how many people. Hello, Facebook user. It doesn't matter how many people come up out of the woodwork to yeah. flatter you or love bomb you. Yeah. You don't, in fact, it's going to make you sick. Yeah. The, the people that fall prey to flatterers and love bombers are people who have something missing in their life and they're trying to fill a hole in their life. Yeah. But if you have that hole in your life filled, if you are living oriented towards the highest possible good you can conceive, and if you are, 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 if you have integrity and you have a good sense of self, they're going to try to feed you that honeycomb of flattery and love bombing. And you're just going to say, no, this makes me sick. Yeah. But, but if, but if you, if you're needing, if you're, if you're needy, if you're looking for something, if you, if you're not actualized, when the person comes along to love bomb and flatter, then you're going to be like, ooh, give me some more of that. You're going to eat it up. Yeah. That's it. And then you're going to be like a little bird that wanders from its nest. Yeah. That's so is a man that wanders from its place. What happens in nature to a little bird that wanders from its nest, Aaron? Just devoured. Yep. It, it, it falls out of the nest and hits the ground. And if the fall doesn't kill it, kill it. Yeah. the animal comes along and eats it. Yep. It's toe up. Yep. 
Flattery and love bombing, folks. That's what it is. Guard against it. Yeah, flattery and love bombing does not kill you spiritually in the downfall, if you will, you know, and take you out of faithful service. Then it will in the in the long run, like in the in the like it'll it'll eventually take you over. It'll eventually come back to like yep. if you, like like what we said. Like people do. Like I think people. There are people that are discerning enough. They're smart enough. They're intelligent enough to know these people. Like okay, like one of the comments that was earlier given, preachers that are catering to certain people in the congregation that make his life better. Like he has bad motives. He's using those people. He's smart enough to know better. But he wants that. He's not wise. He he wants that because he's he's using them. You know, he's pleasing them to keep his job, to do whatever that he wants to do. You know, get them yep. to believe what he wants them to believe, whatever. And but in the end, if he doesn't fall initially from that, you know, in his own life, in the end, it will devour him. That was my point. Like either now, when the bird falls out and hits the ground, or eventually get devoured. Eventually, that's it. Um. And folks, I'm going to tell you, if you implement Proverbs 27, 1 through 8 in your life and you learn how to guard against flatterers and love bombers, Mm -hmm. and if you learn how to um, actualize and and be self-validating, now that doesn't mean that you're pathological. That doesn't mean that you don't care what anybody thinks. I care what people think about me generally. And then there are some people that I care what they think about me specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to come on the live stream and snort cocaine because a, I don't do that. <laughs> if I'm snorting cocaine, I'm cutting it with bacon grease <laughs> because of the fat. I'm fat. Yeah, I'm fat in case nobody knows. Anyway, the idea is co co coke heads are typically very skinny because they don't eat, but, if you're cutting your cocaine with bacon grease, like anyway, I'm sorry, it's a bad joke from the '80s, and here, and here I, I put Jonathan and put John in the corner for making bad if jokes. You're doing right. it on, if you're doing it online, that must be the first time. Exactly. So, but my, my my point is, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come on the live stream drinking a beer, doing cocaine or anything like that. Why? Well, because for one, my Bible says don't do that. But two, I'm gonna lose Aaron. You you care. Generally, I, I, I specifically. specifically, I care yeah. what Aaron Dotson thinks of Tony Brewer. Yeah. Yep. Specifically, generally, I care what my audience, our, yep. I use the word my, I got to yep. train myself. Out. I care about our yep. audience. Yep. Okay. Yeah, now that, that doesn't, that, that's not, that's not my prime motivator. No, but it factors in there. Amen. Because you were in, we influence people as Christians. We're the light yes. of the world. It matters. Yes. And so, if if you're one of those people though, that is secure in themselves, then you're going to you're you're going to make a lot of people mad. Yep. Just just by being you, but that's okay because you don't need them people anyway. They're they're toxic to your life. Yep. You know. Hmm. In being loved, bomb, I wait to see evidence that it's legit. <laughs> Sincerity will prove itself in time. My goal is to be approved by God, as the commercial said. For everyone else, there's MasterCard. That's it. <laughs> and, and and that's I know that you came in late. We actually talked about that in the beginning. 
I, I use the I use the um, illustration of a person in the in the that's been watching. He's a preacher out west. If I ever went out west and I went into a random congregation and there he was preaching, I'm 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 excitable. I'm enthusiastic and to the point of effervescence. If I don't watch it, I would come across as flattering and love bombing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, that's, it, I wouldn't be love bombing. Yeah. And I would like to think it wouldn't be flattery. I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I've trained myself enough to where I could, you know, but, but again, you know, you get excited and you, and you, and things run away with you. There, there are just some boundaries. And like we said, one of the main things is using discernment. How would this, we should care generally what people think of us. How would somebody perceive this if I said this? Think before you speak. <laughs> that matters. <laughs> Be swift to hear, yes. slow to speak. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Wiles says that was guy talk about Tony having a sticky butt and sticky hands when it comes to training horses. But he says, I do not like them animals. You know, sometimes I miss training horses. And then I remember what it was like to train horses, and I don't miss it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Bunch of hard work, probably. That, yeah, it was just, it was it was not a good lifestyle. Yeah. Was, I was around too many, too many, too many crooks, too many criminals. Anyway, Aaron, I think I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I think I am too. We've talked, we've, we've covered, I feel like we've covered it uh, sufficient for now. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's just such a needed subject to talk about. Because it it just deals with the interchange and human relationships, you know, in and out of the church. And we need to, well, like we suggested in in the podcast so far, discernment from God's Word um, and also fostering, those are the two that come to my mind, fostering healthy relationships with people. That's it. Those are two of the keys I think we mentioned. There were three or four, and I can't recall all of them. But be humble. Yeah. And being humble is not the same as being self-deprecating. Yes, right. You can be very confident in who you are and what you do and yep. also be humble. Absolutely. I think humility is is way less about self-deprecation and way more about knowing where your cog fits in the wheel yep. of the machine that we call the cosmos. The Apostle Paul, I mean, he was humble. He knew yeah. he knew his place, and he worked hard, and he was thankful. And, you know, he, well, Proverbs 27, 1 through 8 that we ended on, don't get your validation from others. That's going to help you in your, in your discernment when people say certain things. I can't remember the exact thing that our teachers would say at school, and they tell you don't quote me for my notes, but it seems like one or more of the teachers would, would tell us that, you know, about how to handle criticism and praise. I don't remember yeah. the exact saying, but it was something along the lines of just um, taking both with a grain of salt. Well, I, mean, I don't remember. Maybe you can remember what. I, 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 I remember a little bit, but it, it caused me to have a thought. Undue praise is probably more damaging than unfair criticism. Yeah. Undue praise is probably more damaging than unfair criticism. Because you can credit, I can learn something from unfair criticism. The sad thing is, is every time that I'm criticized, 
I'm just like, okay. I mean, you, you, I know this about me. Yeah. I work on it every day. Yeah. I am a hard individual. Mm-hmm. I am, I am a very stern individual. I get it. I know that I'm excitable to the point of effervescence. I work on it. I'm cognizant of it. So you can use that against me, but I feel like, I feel like, um, B rabbit at the end of eight mile. Yeah. He says, okay, now here's the mic. Tell these people something they don't know about me. You know, I am white. I do live in a trailer park with my mom. I do got a friend that shot himself in the leg. I, my best friend is an uncle Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. That's all, all those things. You're right. Now here, tell these people something they don't know about me. Yeah. I don't, I don't suggest, I don't suggest that you go watch the movie eight mile. Yeah. It came out in 1998. It's about inner city rappers and it is not a Christian movie. Yeah. But yeah, that, that last scene really stuck with me. It's, it's, I mean, it's, you know. What you're pointing to is, is there something, I don't know the background of the history of this, but know thyself. You know, we need it. We need to know. I don't know the history of that, but just that concept. We need to know ourselves. We need to yeah. know, you know, our limits and how to protect ourselves and guard ourselves. It's just knowing who you are. Knowing who you are. That's right. It's like, I know I can do that. I know I'm good at this. I know I'm weak at that. I know what I can that's like, I think that that's all wrapped up in humility, knowing your place. You know, the Bible says to here's the two verses that come to my mind. This is this is it. This is all I got. You know, Romans 12 says that we're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And the second great command is to love your neighbor as yourself. That that means you you love yourself. You're, you know, all that that entails that would please God. You know, your gratitude for life, your self-preservation, self-protection, you know. Don't think too much, but don't think too little. Yeah. So don't don't be self-deprecating. So know thyself um, is a reference back to Immanuel Kant, okay. uh, Kantian ethics and morals, yeah. metaphysics of morals, 1797. Immanuel Kant wrote, know thyself should be understood. Or uh, Immanuel Kant wrote, know thyself. Now, the, the notes should says, this should be understood as an ethical commandment to know one's own heart and to understand the motives behind one's actions in order to harmonize one's will with one's duty. Uh, that's good. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You, If you study the scriptures, you will come to know thyself. Mm-hmm. Th- think about, take heed unto thyself and unto the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. Take heed unto thyself if thy brother trespass against thee. Uh, what's that? Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual restore such a one, considering thyself. Yeah. Lest you okay. Be tempted. It, it's, if, if, you, if you study the Bible, you'll have the frame of reference to be able to know thyself. And then you will not fall prey to love bombers or flatterers. That's good. Good way in right there. I think it's good way in. God bless everybody. Thank you so much. Remember, uh, we didn't put up the uh, the caption for the tip jar. Um, we have $100 in the tip jar. That's going to go directly to paying off Aaron's sound equipment. 
Um, thank you so much for those of you that have yeah. done that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for those of you. We've gotten three paid subscribers on Substack in the last uh, two weeks. I credit that to Aaron's writing of these articles from the Book of Romans. Saturday, we plan to drop another one. So thank you for that, Aaron. And uh, not to be flattering or love bombing, but they're good articles. <laughs> yeah, and if you're um, interested in uh, supporting us, then do the paid subscription on you know Substack, and yep. you'll you can start checking out those articles that are currently coming out on the Book of Romans. That's it. And oh, Scott Beck, up to 175 subscribers on YouTube. Cool. Um, listen, if y'all, if you, if you want to help us out, and you don't have the ability to do it financially, understand how much you're interacting with the material helps us out. If you'll go to YouTube and go to Christianity Now streams and on your desktop, just click the playlist that's a podcast and let it play. YouTube's algorithm says, oh, these people, they have content that's evergreen. We're going to show their content to more people now. Um, oh, th- Aaron, see, we Aaron, we just talked about this, didn't we? Yesterday, yeah. Aaron, I loved your walk and talk videos. Do you still do those? I haven't since like November or so, December. But just yesterday, I told Tony, I'm going to start back. I'm, I'm about to start back. So He's future faking. Go, go <laughs> yeah. Google that. He's just future faking. <laughs> It's all part of flattery and love bombing. You can't, you can't, you can't believe a thing he says. He's just future faking. Don't believe it until you get a video. Right. Don't believe it until you see it. But yeah, and, I plan and, to do that. And, and that, that, that's a good example of sarcasm and two yeah. friends gently yeah. or not so gently ribbing on one another. That's it. And but reminding anyway. each other, don't future yeah. fake either. <laughs> that's right. Don't be future faking, boy. That's you right. say you want to get the video, get the video. I'll call you out on live stream if I, <laughs> I know have to. It. I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee you. Yeah, awesome. Look forward to them. That's great. Yeah. All right, folks. God bless every one of you. You know how to support us. Uh, you know how to help us out. Don't forget about Rumble uh, and look at your show notes or look at your comment section and look at those links. God bless every one of you. This has been Tony Burn Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now, and we'll catch y'all on the flip side.